It is me, the Liberty Hippie, here with you again for another episode of Homesteads and Homeschools. This is episode 109, which means you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 109. I don't have a guest today. It's going to be me rambling, rambling on. And I, I, as much as I like to do it, uh, I don't like to do it. I don't like the editing part. So I'm going to try and do as little editing as possible. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. Anyway, it'll be sort of like uh, the old Good View quarter monthly recaps that I did in the past and gave up on. And also, uh, I'm doing this because, uh, well, it's twofold. Uh, number one, I'm lazy. Didn't find a guest. Number two, uh, there's been a lot going on, and uh, I just kind of wanted to update you guys on everything that, that has been going on because, um, I don't know, gotta, gotta share it with somebody, right? Anyway, just uh, throw it throwing it on out there. So uh, let's start with the, the schooling side of things. Not a whole lot going on there. Our two youngest are still in public school, pre-K and first grade. And, uh, you know, our, our youngest, he's really kind of coming around and coming into it. There's a, a lot going on with him. And, uh, you know, there's some, some other things going on that we're looking at and seeing, um, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of resources we can use to suit them better whether um, it's in a, in a school setting or uh, you know a homeschool setting or something like that uh, and how that how that may or may not work ideally we would like to but there are some things that uh, need to happen before we uh, pull them out and, and homeschool them full time that said you know it, it uh, it's been going okay but there are definitely some things where it's just like mind boggling you know um that you have like a, a six-year-old wanting to to wear her mask because uh, you know it's uh, it's dangerous not to right like six years old and they they've been brainwashed into this this line of thinking already uh, even at home you know with with us even in the car sometimes and it's uh, it really just kind of makes you think um, you know what else what else is being plugged into these kids right what else are they being taught to believe as as fact and and not question. It's kind of kind of frightening. You know, some of the things that came home, some of the, the coloring sheets and the books and stuff, you know, telling telling kids how to stay safe, you know, like stay away from your friends and you know, always wear your mask and don't don't hug people and just just stuff that's like, man, where what are we taking away from from kids these days? Uh locking them down like this and then teaching them to just be be so afraid of of everyone and everything around them. Right, that they're going to catch this crazy, awful disease and and die from it, and nobody's telling them that the the chances of that happening are are next to nothing. So, anyway, uh, my my little rant on that for the day, and that's that's pretty much the extent of of school homeschool with uh, our older two are are going is homeschooling with our older two is going well. Um, I think think at the beginning of March, uh, I'm going to start uh, helping out at um, one of the local co-ops uh, on, on Mondays. And uh, I think the kids are going to be looking forward to that too. They get to see their their friends a little bit more. And the day lasts a little bit longer because we uh, don't get to do as much school, as much stuff. Um, concentrate is kind of spread out, but uh, they do get 
out with their friends a bit more. So it's kind of, kind of a trade off. Um, it'll be good. It'll be good to see, see other things and might, might have her on the show at some point if I, uh, get the huevos to, to ask a, someone I actually know in person to sit down and, and have a conversation. Uh, something about that is, it's quite daunting to me. Um, not sure why, not sure what it is. I just, uh, it is, but moving on to all the stuff happening around here, uh, on, on the homestead. All right. So I'm interrupting the show today. It's got to be important. Trust me. It is. I'm up here every week speaking freely, encouraging you all to express all yourself, having mind changing conversations, planting little rebellion seeds that will grow into giant pumpkins of persuasion. Why? Why? Why am I up here? Because I love to run my mouth. Because I believe in free, uncensored speech. That's why. Because without the innate right to speak my mind and gather at will, the ability to communicate and exchange ideas disappears. And I can't think of a better way to exchange these ideas than over a delicious cup of coffee with the people that matter most. So together with John Odermatt over at Finding Freedom, we've teamed up to create Run Your Mouth Coffee to bring you the tantalizing coffee you need to get the uncensored speech flowing. Check us out at rymcoffee.com and use promo code HOMESTEAD to get 10% off your first order. That's rymcoffee.com, promo code HOMESTEAD. So when we first moved down, you know, our, our garden, we had a really nice garden for a couple of years. You know, our, our chickens, we had our chickens. And uh, then we kind of spread ourselves out a bit. Um, and I think we did that uh, twofold, right? We, we got our, we had our chickens and then we started doing the meat birds, which kind of fell into the the layers and, you know, it was not that big of a deal, but it was something. And then we got the goats and we were trying to, you know, put up fences and, and pay attention to them and, you know, learn what needs they have in terms of, of feed, in terms of maintenance, care, you know, and then we, we threw the threw the horses in on top of that. And that's a, a whole other ball of things that you need to learn, feeding, grooming, maintaining all of that crap that uh, I, I have a great disdain for. Um, uh, they are nothing more than, uh, sports cars for, for rednecks. Uh, it just, it doesn't, uh, they don't do anything for me, but, uh, anyway, we have them and I have somehow fallen into, uh, riding one of them, which, uh, yeah, you know, some days it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, most days it's not mostly because I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing. I'm still learning. I have a lot to learn and uh, I don't have, uh, full control over this thousand pound beast between my legs. And, um, it can be, it can be daunting at times. I, I've not thrown, I've not been thrown yet. Um, I did get a, a little love tap when, uh, yeah, the, the I, I don't know. There was a bucket of food and, um, horse wanted the food and, uh, I, I was in between him and the food and, and, uh, I kind of yelled at him to go away. And, um, he turned around real quick and gave me a little, little tap, tap with my leg. And, uh, let me tell you, it is still sore a couple weeks later, but, uh, it, nothing, nothing broke. And, um, I don't know. We're, we're on better terms now. Uh, he didn't like afterwards. I, I kind of chased him around with a, a, not, not a two by four, but it was more or less a two by four. You know, so he, he got the idea that, uh, I was, I was quite unhappy with him, but, uh, that's, that's my, my bit on, on horses. Um, don't, don't succumb. Don't give in. Don't let your, your pretty little daughter and your, your lovely wife convince you that horses are a good idea because I'm gonna go ahead and say they're not. Anyway, that's to say that we've spread ourselves out too thin. We also, uh, threw our, our two younger kids onto the pile and, um, that was a lot, right? Our, our youngest is, is better now. We can, he can run around outside and he doesn't just disappear. He doesn't like run off into the woods at will. He doesn't run to the road anymore. Um, he still 
has a tendency to kind of disappear, um, climb to the top of a, a barn, right? We have a 12 foot carport type barn and it's corrugated side and, and he will climb it and he will stand on the top of it. He hasn't done that in, in a couple months, but it's still, it's, it's dangerous. It's scary. And it's one of those things where it's just, you, you have to have an eye all the time. And so, uh, doing some of the gardening, getting, getting the garden in and doing all that stuff. You know, we just didn't have the time for it. You know, you couldn't just take the kids out and let them run around, let them help out a little bit here and there and, and do what you need to do because they, they weren't, they weren't able, right? You, you had to have a parent on them all the time. And so even when you would get plants in the ground, weeding, watering, maintaining all that stuff was just, just very hard to do. This year, we're, we're going to try it again. Uh, we got, we've, our, put together a couple of, of, uh, cinder block raised beds and we've dug down a little bit. Uh, cinder blocks are like eight by 16. So it's eight inches high off the ground, but we've dug down a little bit, uh, underneath and we've added almost like a hugel culture type setup, but it doesn't sit up as, as high as a, a typical hugel culture would. Uh, and so hopefully we're going to get, get that to work a little bit better. Because it really, it's, you know, it's the same thing that happened to my parents um, as a kid growing up. You know, they they had a garden. They had a really nice garden. I remember it as a kid. And then as my brother and I got older, they just kind of didn't have time for it anymore, right? You're taking care of the kids, doing all this other stuff. And so the garden gets put on, on the back burner. Um, and that's something that I, I don't really want to fall into, but it's something that is very easy for me to foresee happening. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we're still going to rock the, the garden in the back. It's just straight in the ground. Try to do our, our onions and some of our, um, root crops there. And then we have the, the raised beds kind of in the front. And we're going to try to do more of our corn, tomatoes, pepper, et cetera, that sort of stuff. Um, and once, once that gets going, I'll try to get some pictures and, and put that stuff up as well. Um, that's the, the big thing on the, the garden side of it. Um, if you need seeds, go check out our boy Dag over there at agristacres.com. He's got all the seeds that you need. And, uh, there is a discount code for that. Uh, I think it's hippie10, I believe. Hippie10 is the, the discount code. Um, if not, I, I apologize. Go, go get your seeds from him anyway. I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> and, um, so that's, that's about it. Yeah. So th- there you go. Uh, that's the garden. And hopefully we'll be able to, to pull some, some stuff out of it. Cause that's something that really, really is kind of important to me. You know, it's, it's, uh, one thing to have meat and eggs, milk, that sort of thing, but the vegetables are the big part that, that you can get the, you know, just nice to have and, um, storing them, right? All that, all that good stuff. So, and now I guess onto the, the big, big thing. We have goats, we have, uh, dairy goats, some Sonnens and some Nubians, and we have some meat goats and the meat goats were, we got them, Probably like uh, eight months before we got our our dairy goats, and really the plan, the original plan, was to uh, get some dairy goats going, do some milking. Um, whether we, you know, use the milk to just drink, to sell, uh, make soap, all the the different things you can do with that cheese, etc. So the meat goats were kind of like a, a test run. Can we do this? Can we raise these goats? Um, do we want to do goats? You know, I, I wanted to do sheep, but um, we decided to go with goats. And, you know, it was one of those things that we, we let's just try it out and see what happens. So as we, uh, as, as our goats grew, 
you know, we had them all together, all the, the meat doughs, the dairy doughs and our bucks together. And, uh, as the bucks got a little bit older, they started getting a little, little friskier. So we moved them into the other pasture with the horses and we put the dairy or the, uh, the meat does in with them. And we knew there was going to be some, some hanky panky going on. And, uh, when you talk to local goat people around here, um, that's what most of them do. They put their, their bucks in with their, their herd and they just let them run amok and, and do whatever and drop kids in the field. And, and that's how it goes. They just move along with their day. That wasn't exactly how we wanted to do things. You know, really kind of wanted to make sure that, that the babies survive. We can either keep them, eat them, sell them, whatever the case may be, um, and potentially milk the, uh, the meat goats just for kicks to see what happens. See if we can, again, if it's something that we can do. Well, the problem with that is you don't know when conception actually happened. You have a very vague idea and a big window. And I guess as you get more practiced in, in recognizing the, the, signs of, of goat pregnancy and how far along they are, you could probably do it and then separate them as they, they get closer. For us, it was, it was a total guessing game. You know, we, we knew the, the tails got floppy. Okay. So the ligaments are loosening. So maybe we got, I don't know, two weeks, a month, sometime in there, you know, you, you see their, their belly start to drop a little bit more. You're like, okay, well, we're getting closer, but you don't really know. You don't have like a, a date on the calendar we can look at and say, okay, we're getting closer couple days now. All right. We're past that date. So anytime, you know, it just, it isn't there. And so for us, the first time it was a little chaotic. We did have a, a, um, birthing section set up. Uh, I cut a little bit out of, out of the one pasture with, with electric that has a, a barn in it and, um, set up a couple, couple stalls in there. And, uh, sure enough, they, they kidded, they did kid. And that was, quite a, a spectacle in and of itself. Our, our first, the first one to go, uh, I thought she was going to be our, our second to go. She was our first to go and she had three kids. Um, I went out at eight in the morning to, to check on them, feed them, make sure they had everything. And, uh, there was no babies. I went back out there at two in the afternoon and there was three babies there. Um, one of them did not make it. I put a little little video up on on Odyssey uh, Library there that I will post a link to in the show notes. You can go check it out. Um, it looked like the the mother tried to clean the baby off, but uh, as 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 I was looking at the baby, um, it looked like it had a big chunk of amniotic uh, sac fluid stuck in its throat. I'm fairly certain that it choked on that and suffocated. Now, I mean, this happens, right? When you when you have when when animals have babies. Um, they don't all make it. And triplets, a lot of, uh, it's probably about half and half. The people that I've talked to that say when a goat has triplets, um, you usually end up having to, to bottle raise one or one of them will die anyway because, uh, the mother, mother rejects it. So, you know, I don't know what was going to happen to it, but, um, had I been more in tune with the signs of goat labor, had I been, you know, had a, a date marked on the calendar, I might have been able to catch it. I don't know. I, I might've been out there at eight in the morning and said, Hey, that, that goat looks pretty close. Like she's doing some things that, um, look like labor or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, um, that was something that kind of, you know, just disappointing, but, um, it's all, all part of it. So then I think, uh, like three or four days later, uh, our other, other goats decided to go into labor and, uh, we were, that was a Saturday and we were all around. And so we were actually able to, to watch that. And the second goat that went, um, 
made it look like a breeze. You know, she's up, down, sitting down, standing up, sitting down, standing up, and uh, just pop the babies out perfectly. Yeah, no, no problems at all. Everybody's healthy. Everything's good. Um, the third goat came around and, uh, her labor lasted a long time. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, again, being the first time really weren't sure what was going on. Like it looked like she should be having these kids. She wanted to, she's up, she's down, she's doing all the things that they do, but just seemed to drag on. And finally it, I don't know, I think it was probably about 12 o'clock at night. She, um, she did give birth. She gave birth to, to one. Um, and it came out, Kind of funny. Usually they come out feet first, two feet and a head. Um, this one came out at one foot first, the head and then the other foot. And, um, I'm not sure if my wife needed to assist, but I think she did a little bit, um, kind of give a little bit of a pull on the, the head when it was out. Cause, cause things just weren't moving. Um, you know, the baby's head is kind of in and out, in and out. And, um, that's, that's no good. Um, when they, they get in and out and the, the sack is broken, you know, they can't, can't breathe. So that baby came out. That was when we, I thought, we thought she was gonna die. We thought she was, she was a goner. And, um, you know, she's, cause just, she had so much fluid in her lungs, so much just stuff in her. Um, she's barely breathing. We had the, the baby, uh, eyedropper thinger there, the, the bulb syringe sucked a bunch of crap out of there. And this was, this is my daughter's goat. Uh, the meat goat is, is hers. And so she's like freaking out because, you know, <laughs> the mother, the mother goat is in, in distress and this baby's not looking good. And so we ended up bringing the baby inside. It was, it was quite interesting. We ended up, uh, holding it by its back legs, swinging it back and forth like a pendulum and tapping it on its, on its, uh, rib cage. That kind of caused some of the, the fluid and crap to come to the forefront of its, of its, uh, respiratory system there, I guess. And we were able to suck some of the stuff out of that. And she got breathing a little bit better, but she was still, still super, super weak. And, um, again, you know, we, we thought we were going to lose her, had no, no clue what's going on, doing some, some reading, some looking as this is all happening and, uh, take her temperature. And her temp was like 95, 96. Now goat's temp is supposed to be about 101, 102, somewhere in there. And so she's, she's really cold, you know, and, and goats don't, don't do well when they're cold. So we decided, uh, that, that everything online told us we needed to put her in a pot of water. So we got a pot of hot water and, um, stuck her in there. And we managed to, after I think two or three pots, we, we got her temperature up to, to normal and, uh, managed to, to keep her alive. Um, so she was slow to eat in the beginning. She ended up getting, uh, I think she got like an infection on her umbilical cord area. Not entirely sure. She was definitely weak the first week. Um, but we did come through that and now we have a house goat because of course the mother rejected her. Of course, um, you know, she's not out there. So the first few days, you know, we had to keep her inside. She was, she couldn't regulate her body temperature. She was barely eating. So we were constantly trying to get food in her with a, with a syringe, with a bottle and, uh, now she's doing better, but now she thinks she's a cat or a dog or, or something. So we're working on getting her more acclimated to the, uh, to the other goats. She is much fonder of the, the bucks than she is the, uh, the other does. So I don't know what that means, but, um, might, might have to be careful with that one in the future. Um, and as it turned out, the, uh, the mother did give birth to another, another 
baby, but that one, um, fairly certain was, was stillborn. Um, and all the, the commotion, everybody was trying to take care of, uh, the goat we had inside and, um, neglected to, to go back out and check on mama and see how she was doing. And when we did, um, my wife did it, I don't know, maybe half hour later, there was a, a goat out there. Um, so all in all, we had seven kids and we lost two of them. And of the seven, only one of them was a, a buck. Um, so we, we currently have four does and a buck. And um, again, our, our poor planning has left us unsure what to do with them all exactly. We're going to try to sell some of them. Um, we don't need that many meat goats. Um, most of they're like a boar Kiko, the mother's and the father was a Sanan. So they're not entirely like just meat mutts. Um, but if we're going to try to do dairy goats, we don't really want to kind of dilute our our dairy herd with some of those Borkiko genes. At the same time, um, in the back of my head, I'm thinking that the Borkiko are, are much better in terms of um, pest resistance, worm resistance. Um, they're a much more durable goat. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering in the back of my head, does this, would that not be a bad thing to have a little bit of that, those genetics in, in the mix? Um, would that not kind of bleed through into to subsequent generations. Um, I don't know. I'm not a goat geneticist, but um, just ideas in the, in the back of my dome. So yeah, that's our, our goats. Um, we are, because the, the baby inside, Ruby is her name, because of that goat, we do need to milk uh, her mother because I, I don't feel like buying milk to feed a bottle baby. And we have a, a goat that is in milk. So we're milking her twice a day at 7.30 in the morning and the evening. And um, it's been it's been an experience. Um, we don't have a milk stand set up yet. I really need to get one of those. But um, we are able to get about eh, half a gallon a day from her. So far as yet, we haven't done anything with the milk other than, than feed the baby. Um, we're getting a little bit of a surplus, but we do need to feed the, the baby goat a bit more as, as time goes on. So once it is all said and done and the baby is weaned, I may may try to do some some stuff with the milk. I'm not sure what, whether it be just consumption, cheese. I try to make uh, some some fermented beverage out of it. I can't remember the name right now. There is a fermented milk beverage that contains alcohol. And I don't know, could just be interesting just, just for kicks, right? Why not? Um, but that's that. I think that's that's really it. There's no more plans to get any more animals. All the animals are, are doing good. We all uh, did run into some coccidiosis in our one of our does, which was quite surprising. She's she's like two years old, um, and coccidiosis. Everybody, you know, it's 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 one of those things that affects young goats, right? Um, mostly six months and under, or within like the first year. And as you get further away, um, everything I'd always read said it slim to no chance that, that it's going to be coccidiosis, but ended up that was um, what it was. We we do have our, our uh, microscope and we've been doing some, some fecal uh, samples of our own. And um, that's been kind of a, a fun, fun thing for uh, all of us to, to learn together, kind of a, a homeschool type thing, right? Figure out what these, these things are in the microscope that we're seeing. What are they? And, and doing the research on, on all that and, and reading up and doing all that, that learning natural learning, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything guys. Um, I don't know. Hopefully I, I should have a guest next week, um, for your pretty little ear holes to listen to. So you don't have to listen to my, my voice, my, I don't know. I don't know. How would you describe it? Crackly 
groggy voice all all half hour long here. But um, yeah, go go check out uh, the show notes if you want. I don't know what links will be in there. Probably, maybe maybe some pictures. I don't know. Um, I'll throw I'll throw a link in there to the uh, to the goats being born or not being born. I have to put that video together. Um, I'll throw some links to videos in there and uh, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Liberty Hippie. Go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon and click through that link. I know people are using Amazon less and less, and I, I don't blame you, but sometimes sometimes they're the only ones that have what you need, it seems like. Um, so go go check that out. That's my affiliate link. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that's all. Run your mouth coffee, rymcoffee.com. Um pick you up some beans there. We are, are not accepting crypto yet. I apologize. I, I keep getting heckled because we're, we're not um, in the works. Got to sit down and do it. And uh, that's all, guys. I really, I appreciate you guys being out there. I appreciate the the comments and the conversations and everything. And hope uh, you guys you know, learn something, take something from this, um, even if it's just to fill up, fill up space in your playlist, your, your drive to work. Who am I kidding? You got, you're not driving anywhere. You're sitting home, sitting home, eating Cheetos, getting cheese dust all over your mask. Hey guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for coming back. And uh, remember, get out there. Sow those seeds, Liberty. We can all reap cheese of freedom together.